Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hi, everybody. It's so exciting today. You are not going to want to scroll, change, look another way even. You're going to actually go, we're going beyond the walls today. We're going, I don't know if you know what that means, but trust me, you want to stay with me. I've got my very, very good friend, Betty Holland, with me today. And you know, if you don't think television works, if you don't think YouTube works, you're going to find out that today, that's exactly how we met. So you listen today, and maybe your life can also be changed through Love Him, Love Them, the exact same way that Betty's was. I want to encourage you to go to our website at lovehimlovethem.org, because you're going to find everything on there that we're going to talk about today. Also, the brand new book that we have out, uh, Miracles with Mommy Linda. And here's a spoiler, spoiler alert. Uh, We have a brand new devotional book that is coming out so that if you need a miracle or you want a miracle... Uh, You don't have to just read about other people's miracles. You can actually do the devotional book and find out exactly how God can use you as an instrument to perform miracles. So without any further delay, I want you to stand to your feet and a huge round of applause to help me welcome my friend, Betty Holland. Betty. I am so, so glad you're here today. What a refreshing way to walk into the studio (laughs) in the office today and see you. So exciting. So before we go any further... Um, We're going to talk about how we met, but what I want to make sure that everybody learns about is Beyond Our Walls. I want you to share exactly what you do with the ministry that you have. Okay. Beyond Our Walls ministry was um, founded in 2021, around there. Um, God put it in my heart. Um, I've always had a heart for people, didn't know exactly which way to go. Right. Um, Some of them you want to slap, some of them you want to help. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, after my son died in 2004. Right. So tell us a little bit about that. My son, Charles, was born with a terminal disease called right. mucopolysaccharide disorder. Um, very rare. At the time um, they found it, um, he was the only child in this area um, that they had ever seen. The doctors at Emory studied the disease, but they had never seen it. Wow. So when I walked in the office, from him being born... Up until nine, nobody could tell me what was wrong with him. Wow. They told me that I had munch on bipolar. So what were the symptoms? What was going on with him that he you knew something was wrong? He would stop breathing in the middle of the night. Stop breathing. Uh, as a matter of fact, when he was born, um, <gasps> he didn't cry. Really? When they pulled him out, his eyes was open, but he didn't cry. And they popped him. They popped him. He didn't cry. He just looked at him. And then they had to go in and suction. Um, he never cried, really. He slept a lot. Um, the Which nurse, some moms would think that's a dream baby. Well, the nurse kept telling me, you you need to stop complaining. Yeah. You know, you have an awesome child. I said, no, something is wrong. As a mother, something is wrong with this child. You had to wake him up to feed him. And so he, as he started growing, I noticed that he just, he was his eyes, beautiful eyes. His hair was curly, wavy. Every place, his eyelashes were just long and curly. And I thought, mm Something is not, he's just, just too curly, just too, something was off with me. Wow. And um, they kept telling me nothing was wrong, nothing was wrong. And then one day, um, he was sitting in front of the TV, and it was a police car came on. And he was just sitting there staring. And I thought, this child is not moving. He's not making any. So I took the remote, and I turned the TV up loud, loud, loud as it could go. Yeah. He never blinked at eye. 
And I got in front of him, and I moved my hands, and he just kept staring. And then I thought, what's going on? Is he having a stroke? What's going on? Right. Snatched him up, took him to the hospital, and he just came out of it. And I said, something is wrong. No, Miss Holland, nothing wrong, because he was laughing, playing, nothing was wrong. Now, did you have a relationship with Jesus at this time? At that time, I knew of God, because I was raised up better way. Okay. We, I was raised up in a holy environment like holy church like you go to church at eight o'clock in the morning right. you don't leave at eight o'clock at night right so you and i always said that when i got grown i was not going back to church go ahead betty i wasn't doing all that it didn't take all that so i didn't okay but then with charles he will bring you back to him one way or another. <laughs> that's right go ahead that's a sermon right there and he brought me back right <laughs> So they just put these in here because I cry all the time. Share them with you today. And so it was after that. It was years of battling doctors, going mm. to ERs. He would stop breathing. He would um couldn't digest. And were they food still good. telling you they during all this? There's nothing, nothing wrong? wrong. Nothing was wrong. It was me. I wow. wanted all attention. Oh my I wanted gosh. attention. It's you. And I'm like, I work job a job where I'm working four to five days, twelve hours. How? I got two kids. How can I want attention? How? Right. And I kept saying, I said, something is wrong. Something is wrong with him. Something is wrong. And uh, I noticed that when he would walk, he would walk on his toes. He never would put his feet down, his full foot down on the floor. And um, his fingernails was white. Everything about him was just, something was just off. Right. And um, finally, I ended up at a neurologist um, who said, Miss Holland, if 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 I can't find it, I'm gonna send him to Emory. I said I didn't do drugs. I didn't take. I didn't take oh, nothing. Wow. So he sent us to Emory. So that whole time you're searching. What did I'm I searching, do? Wrong? What did I do? What did I do? What did I miss? What did I miss? And so, ended up going to Emory. And as I was walking in the Emory um, Children's Hospital, I'm going down the hallway. I remember three doctors standing to my right. They were talking. One of the doctors turned around and he went white. It was like all the blood drained out the of his The child face. or the doctor? The doctor. So I'm dragging Charles. I'm like, Charles, come on. This is my first time driving in Atlanta. Mm. I, I don't, you know, I wasn't driving at the That'll time. That'll make you come to Jesus. Because I just started <laughs> driving. I was like almost 25. So I was forced wow. to drive because the different doctor's appointment, nobody could take me. Oh. So I'm dragging him down the hallway, just dragging him. I'm tired. I'm like, I got to get back home. I don't, I don't even know if we're going to make it back home because... I can't drive. I mean, I'm, I drove by, there. Are you by yourself? Me and him. So I'm dragging him down the hallway. And the doctor, I remember looking up because I'm dragging him and the doctor went white. He just, like, he froze. And then I'm like, what's wrong with him? Right. So I'm dragging him down, not realize that he's actually looking at Charles. So I'm dragging him down the hallway, get in the room, and the nurse came in to take his clothes off. We're going to come in and check him, you know, blah, blah, the normal stuff. So the doctor came, and he stood in the doorway. And he said, oh, my God, oh, my God. I said, what's wrong with you? Are you his doctor? He said, no, ma'am. I said, and why are you here? Because I, I got a bad attitude. I'm tired. And uh, he said, hold on. And he called the two other doctors with two women. Come here. And they came. And the lady doctor came around the corner. When she came around the corner, she came through the door. It's like she hit a wall. But from looking at Charles? From looking at And she stopped. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. And then she said, <laughs> Is this how everybody is in Atlanta? <laughs> and I'm like, these people crazy. Yeah. You know, Lord, just get me, get me home. These people, this is not gonna work. Right. She said, mucopolysaccharide disorder. 
and then the, the just from them just from them it. looking and it just like like the blood just drained out of her face and I said who died and made y'all God wow. and I said it just like that and I slammed his file down we done went to over at that time from the time he was born to nine probably done near close to a hundred dollars wow so I said who died and made you God this is his file a child that is thicker than mine who died and made you God and he said, hold on. The man said, hold on. He left. And by that time, people come. People come. People come. The hallways, people everywhere. I'm like, what the crap? So the doctor came in and said, Miss Holland, what you don't understand is that these doctors studied and they've never seen a child I've with never this. never seen it. And I said, he don't have nothing. So you haven't shown me any proof. So everybody leave out the room. Leave. And so they left out. And the doctor proceeded to tell me, we're going to do a biopsy. I'm going to give you the proof. And they did a little biopsy on his hip. He said, we're going to send it off, come back in two weeks, and we'll have your diagnosis. So two weeks came, and we get there, and they put us in this big old room. And it's people, Miss London, when I say everywhere, it is people everywhere. Oh and I'm like, what's going on? They already knew. And so they had a stool in the room with a phone on it. And I'm like... What is this hookup? Oh, they were showing everything. And, and I'm like, and so he said, pick up the phone. And so I picked up the phone, and it was a doctor out of New Orleans. And he said, Miss Holland, it's a race against time. I'm sorry. No. He said that uh, the diagnosis is mucopolysaccharide disorder. And I said, what is that? Yeah, what he is said, that? it's a very rare disease. He said, Miss Holland, you could have won the lottery. By the time you had a child with this disease, that's how rare it is. He said, um, it, it's like cancer. You know, cancer, have your lung cancer, colon cancer, different kind of cancer. Right. He said it goes from A to F, with F being the most severe. It's F. Wow. And how old is he at this moment? Nine, when nine years he old. He said the life expectancy is 12. Really? And by that time, a social worker stepped up, and she said, Miss Holland, go to paperwork. I said, for what? She said, to put him in a home. Oh, my goodness. And I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. He said, Miss Holland, this disease will destroy your family. You won't have time for nothing or nobody. Every waking moment going to be on this child and what he's going to go through. And he proceeded to tell me from start to finish, because Charles would not sleep at night. Charles got to well, sometimes two to three, four days, he would be up wide open at night, wide open, like wide open like his daytime. Right. Then during the day, he would sleep. Right. You could find him under the table, behind someone's sleep. He would just be up. It was like a child had a night and days mixed up. Right. And he said, Miss Holland, his mind is almost as a um, four or five month old baby. Wow. His days and night are mixed up. Because of what's going on in his brain. And so he has this energy, this burst of energy. Now, I'm still working seven days, four days with a child that's up all night. And how old is the other child? You already had another child. How Maya was five years older than her. Older. Older so than nine, him. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like fourteen. Yeah. Was she helping? She was helping. Okay. She was helping. My mom was helping. Okay. Um, everybody was helping. It took everybody because I'm still working. I'm right. working seven days. At my job, I couldn't leave my job. Right. So I'm working and having to, you know, he would be to go to school 
you know, sometimes sometimes he couldn't because his immune system was so low that he would catch a cold if you just walked by. So what did what did that doctor see he, that the day when he turned white? What was it that, that he saw in Charles that he automatically knew when for nine years nobody else could tell you? He said his hair, the texture of his hair. The texture of the was hair. Was this wave? I mean, when I say wavy, y'all, oh, yeah, even his that. dad questioned I oh, think that's you, my child, that, you okay. know, like right. his his eyelash. I mean, it was just wavy. Okay, his eyelash, eyebrows, every part where he had hair it was curly. So that's what on gave his it away. arms, his leg was curly. So what and his head was larger than what it should have been, but nothing major. And his eyes was just like a clear, like a clear, like looking in the ocean. Wow. And I used to say, "What child get these eyes from?" You know, like what the world and. The things that he would and walking on his the toes. Tip-toes. So what happened that day when he, you left? When, when I, they, um, they, the social worker said that, and then you went off on I, them. I put his clothes on. I'll see y'all later. Snatched him down on the table. I see y'all later. Move, move, move. I said Jesus had a cross to carry. He he picked that cross up and carried. This is my cross, and I'm gonna carry. And you left there that day by yourself. Yeah, with me and Charles. I left them standing there. They was all standing there. The nurse came in, she met me, Miss Holland, wait a minute. You get me a doctor that believe in, in Jesus, <laughs> otherwise I will not come back. Wow. And down the road I went. So you come home, mm-hmm. and now what? And just, like, why? Okay, so because now you're not in, you're not the um, way you are today with Jesus. And still wondering why I mean. But isn't that interesting that mm-hmm. all of a sudden that's what you asked for, yes. was a doctor that believed in Jesus. Jesus. So now what happens to your relationship? What happens to your son? What happens to, did you go back to church? Did you get in the yes. word? What what happens? Went in the church, got in the church, constantly taking him to church, taking him to church. And the doors open, I was there, um, getting in the word, getting in the Bible. Like, God, why? Why me? Why my son? Why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? And then God says, I knew who you were when you been formed in the Right. So he had a plan for your life. He had yes. a plan for Charles's life. Yes. And yes. wow. And 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 took you, like they said, you couldn't have won the lottery. The, yes. the rarest of the rarest, the rarest of the rarest, rarest. diseases. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you walked through that. How it's, did you, what, what did, what was the answer when you continued to ask God why? He told me, he says, I knew, I knew, I knew. He was being, how he was being formed. I knew this between me and him. It's not between me, you and him. Oh, wow. It's between me and him. And he said, um, my will will be done. Mm-hmm. And then he said, the same way, same way you feel is how I felt when I gave my only begotten son. Wow. My son, I'm going to cross for you. Wow. In the same way you feel is the way I feel. Wow. That was it. That was it. It was no more crying. It was no more then I put on that tough skin. Now I'm going in these doctors and, you know, I'm going to ask the questions. You're not going to tell me and I'm going to take this. Wow. And I started, I need a doctor for this. I need I need somebody this. I need somebody that. So Emory called me back. Okay. And uh, then I went to my family doctor and me and him had a discussion. <laughs> Why didn't you listen right. when I told you something was wrong? Right. Why didn't you listen? And proceed to tell them what was going on. And, um, Emory, they called me back. They found me a doctor, Dr. Blackston. He was out of South Carolina, and he had moved to Atlanta, and he was a believer. And so he came in, and he said, Miss Holland, 
there's nothing we can do. And by this time, the different doctors Charles had seen, Charles was taking 15 different medications. For what? For no reason. He took all of them and threw them in the trash can. The doctor did. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, he needs those. He said, no, he don't. There's nothing, nothing. And he threw everything in the trash can. And so he proceeded to tell me the life expectancy was 12. He said, we on a uphill run. It's a battle. Because now he's nine. Right. So now we got to, we don't know nothing about this disease. They gave me an eight-page little booklet of this disease because the doctor who founded it passed away. That's why it was called the San Filippo syndrome because the doctor who founded it, it was named after him. They shortened it down. down. His last name was San Filippo. So they shortened it down to San Filippo syndrome. He died before anything else could be tested, anything could be done. It was originally found in the rainforest. Really? How it migrated into Caucasian people and then into African-American people is still a mystery. So it's almost like, you remember, uh, I don't know if you know how the elderly people used to say, grandparents, don't you talk to your cousin. That's your cousin. You have something wrong with your child. Me and his father has the same genetic makeup as if we are kin. Really? We're closer than a father and a son, a mother and a daughter. And did you ever do any research? Are you related? No, we're not. That's the thing. We're more related than somebody who is kin. If you, the doctor explained it this way. If you put me on a table, me and him, and did an autopsy, yeah. if you did not know one was a male and one was a female, you would think you were on the identical same person. Wow. When you Our insides are identical. Did they say that that had something to do mm, with that is, wow. Because the same cells cannot form together. What is needed when, you know, you, you know, parents come together. Right. And the cells come together to form that child, what that child need on the inside. The same cells cannot form together. So Charles was missing certain cells in his body to need to take the waste, the sugar, and to form in his body because the same cells was, they couldn't. So I'm assuming that your daughter was from a different father. Yes, okay, yes. so that's and why so there was I carried going on. the I carried the gene. His father carried the gene. Got it. Got yes. It. And so when we came together, he said, Miss Holly, you identical. He said, that's why I say you could have won the lottery. How did you find a man <laughs> that has the same identical genetic wow. makeup as you? Wonder how you di- how did you did you Then I'm did, like mm. because we went through the genetics. They went through all that. We were we were not kin. It was just that. He wow. said, no, we know you're not kin because the same genetic makeup. Because even a mother and a daughter does Wouldn't not have the same genetic makeup. That you have identical, crazy. the same genetic makeup. That is crazy. And then I'm like, wow. And so we went. It was it was a battle. So me doing research, me trying to find out, me taking sugar, me taking white flour, me taking all of this stuff out of his, you know, our, the way we eat. Right. Me cooking his food. He's, you know, when he went to school. We prepare his lunch. He didn't eat nothing. So me changing the whole way and then me communicate with him because by this time he couldn't talk. He could say, baby, mama, bow, that's about it. And we found out he's hearing because now we find out what this disease does. Yeah. It eats the organs. Everything that's a tissue, a muscle, an organ, it eats. It's almost like Crisco, you know, the shortening kind. Yeah. It's white, yeah. and it attaches to every organ, every muscle, every tissue, every part of the body, and it eats it, literally eats it. Wow. It eats it. So it was eating his, his 
everything. We didn't know that. They didn't know that because they still hadn't. We was in the process of me going, bringing him back and doing a genetic thing on me and him and him, my other kids to see if now we're going to do research. With it. You know, we're going we gonna to find out information. But everything started happening so fast. It got to where I noticed that he stayed cold a lot, his hands and his feet. So I went back and I said, y'all, his hands are too, his nails was white. African-American nails, are, we're, our nails are not supposed to be white. Right. We have a tint to our nails. Right. They were white. And uh, the, I told the doctor, I said, he stayed cold a lot. And uh, I keep socks and gloves and, you know, cover on him. I went to his lung doctor. He had a lung doctor, a kidney doctor. Um, every organ in his body, he had a doctor, you know, trying to find out what right. was this disease doing. Did you ever get to meet anybody else that you said it yes. was so rare? Did you meet anybody else? I met had? a young girl uh, that had a daughter who had this disease. And the doctors asked me to talk to her because her thing was she didn't have the same, she had the same disease, but not the same form of it. Her daughter had, I think, A or B, which it mm -hmm. would end up her being somebody had to take care of her for the rest of her life as she got older. She would lose her functions and you would have to take care of them. And her mother said no. She was going to put in a home. She wasn't strong enough. All right, so let's go back to that. So you, they tell you, you go home, you finally find everything out. You don't ever put him in a home. Oh, no. And so you get involved in church and show us what that looks like. What happens? Does your faith grow? Oh, Are yeah, you mad at your husband? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would think I would be like, no, I, I should have known you were the same as no. me. Get out of here. <laughs> I wasn't mad at anybody. I was got deeper into my faith okay. because now if... God showed me that scripture. I know who you was being informed. So if he knew when he was being informed that he didn't correct it, it was a purpose. Right. And did you ever get to see the other side of that purpose? Did you ever get to see people's faith increase? Did yes. you ever get to yes. see the impact that yes. Charles made on other people? Yes. Yes. Um, and how long, how much longer was Charles with you? He was 13. Wow. Because I went in and I said, you don't determine the life of my child. Only God does. And I'm going to show you the God that I serve. So he lived I'm, I'm going to show you. And he lived to be 13. Wow. And so um, after that, yes, Charles impacted a lot of people. Because not only did I talk to that young lady, they had me talking to doctors. And one of his heart doctors at the time, we, when I told him about his hands being cold, right. his lung doctor called a heart doctor and said, we need to do echo. Let's go in here and do an echo. So that day we went in to do an echo. The, the nurse was doing an echo, and she immediately got up. And this big old huge TV bigger than his wall. Yeah. And I'm looking at his heart, and I'm looking at his organs. And she got up and walked out the room. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I, can't, I cannot tell you. That's the doctor. And she just walked out the room. And then the doctor came in, and he, they looking, and she's moving his, you know, around, yeah. around his different organs. I'm like... I saw white stuff, but I thought that's right. part of your organs. You right. know, that's part of your body. And so he said, Miss Holly, come on, out the room. Let's talk. And uh, so she got Charles, and we was out there talking, and he said, it is attached to his heart. That's what's going on. It had beginning to eat. You know what your pulse said? You know you feel your pulse. Mm -hmm. That's the artery that runs to the door of your heart. You, the door of that heart opens up where the blood comes up out of your body, goes into your heart, goes around, comes back out. The door opens and closes for a reason. Okay. Once the blood go in there, it closes. Shut it off. Do what it need to do. Open back up. It goes in your body. It's the reason cause so the blood won't. Right. The door, the disease was eating, ate that valve to the door so the door stayed open. So his blood was going. Wow. 
and coming, it wasn't even going into the heart that's someone's hands. It wasn't going where it needed to go. And so eventually what it would do is spill over into his lungs. Okay. You got you got to take this to a whole nother level. So I want to know now how, I mean, there's other moms out there right mm-hmm. now who have kids that are not seeing in front. They're not hearing that are, they don't know what to do. They've been going to doctors and maybe not hundreds of doctors, mm-hmm. but they continue to go to doctors. You need to encourage them. You've got you've got to take this to the whole next level. And the other part I want to know is how how are you? Did you pray for your son to be healed? How are you? How are you dealing with? I mean, that's really my key question. How are you dealing with the fact that you prayed, you asked God to heal your son, and he died? And I prayed and asked God for healing. I did. People prayed over him. Then God says, "My word says I do heal." Okay. In heaven, on earth. All right. It is a choice. I choose to heal him here. Okay. So that was it. He said, that is, I do heal. All right. Some I heal here, some I heal there. All right. And I choose to heal him there. And, and the, the next question I have for you is how how in the world, how does a mom get through that? How how does how do you lose a 13-year-old child fighting that battle every single day where your life is completely consumed with it? Yes. I mean, and then boom, he's gone. And how, how does how does the mom handle that? It, it was hard because all of our lives, I didn't realize my whole family life centered around yeah, completely. Him. My Oops. other kids didn't do Rick and right. all that cheerleader because we was constantly. I'm constantly going to yeah. doctors, physical therapy. I'm constantly over here yeah. and didn't realize. Well, the I forgot about them. <laughs> that I had on them, you know. Right. And they had to grow up mostly with me over there, right. you know. And my family, I mean, my mom was just practically was her child. Right. And so I didn't know the impact that it had until really the deep impact to my baby sister, um, Jennifer, went into rehab, drugs. Oh, wow. Because of his death. Wow. Now, she had a child, but she went into rehab based on my son. Wow, the impact that it made. Mm-hmm. So how, what is, what is, well, you know what? We're out of time. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sit right here. Okay. We're going to continue. I think you have about 700 shows inside of you. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you for sharing that journey. Yes. Um, I'm holding back everything I've got in me not to bust up into yeah. tears. Um, you are such an encouragement. The fact that you've been through probably one of, not probably, but the worst thing that a mother can ever endure. And yet yes. I've, I see you on this side and yes. I know how much you love Jesus. Yes. I know the strength that you yes. have. You're an encouragement to other moms. We have just a little bit of time. I want you to just speak directly to the moms in case they don't get to see our next show. What is your encouragement? To to trust God. Never, never waver. If God has told you something, stand on what God has said. His word, he is not a man that can lie. He will show you things. He showed me the supernatural. He showed me things that no man on earth could have showed me. God, he loves us. He sees us. He does answer prayer. He does in his own way. And But trust him. Don't let a doctor tell you. Don't let a You go in there. 
and you stand on the word of God, ask questions. I tell everybody, ask questions. Don't go on what one doctor says. Say, look, I want to see somebody else. Go on another one and question that doctor because sometimes they get complacent and they get, oh, Exactly. I'm the doctor. Their job is just like the, I'm the doctor. people have jobs at McDonald's. So yes. lovehimlovethem.org. You can reach out to us. You can reach out to Betty. Uh, if she hasn't encouraged you today, I don't know what will. So I uh, want to thank you for joining us and hope to see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much.